Welcome back to TOJ Digital Presents Draft Season. I am your host, Michael Negan, filling in for D.A. Osario today. Fellas, Robert Saleh is the Jets head coach. We are rumored to train for Deshaun Watson. Our franchise is on Gase Freedom Watch officially. James, Joe, how are we doing? Doing great, Meeks. Good to have you on, man. Doing well, doing well. So, when what I, have, I just want to start off with, with Robert Saleh, we know right now that he's going to be the head coach, and Mike LaFleur, Matt LaFleur, Green Bay Packers head coach's brother, is going to be running the offense. What do you guys think of that? Um, I, you know, I like Saleh. Um, uh, I preferred an established offensive-minded coach. I, I think there is risk matching up a potential rookie quarterback with an unproven play caller. Um, I'm happy he's received that Harvard level kind of education from Kyle Shanahan and his brother is a great coach. So I'm optimistic and, uh, and love the Shanahan offense. I've been a big fan of that for a long time. Uh, and I, I do have to kind of hand it to the jets because offense was clearly still on their mind. And, and I don't think uh, Salah gets the job unless he guaranteed either Lafleur or McDaniel. And for that reason, I'm, I'm feeling good about it. Salah is uh, a great defensive coach and, and, and hopefully it, it translates to the uh, head coaching role. So a lot has been talked about Justin Fields and the battle for quarterback too. How do you think he fits in this offense? Were you talking about Justin Fields, Meeks? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I think Fields is better suited in like an Andy Reid type of system with more RPOs, read option, and a spread type of offense, primarily because of his familiarity with that structure. But I also think he's a, he's a versatile quarterback who can excel within any system. And, and I believe he would be an excellent option for the Shanahan type of offense Mike LaFleur will deploy, which is pretty much an offense based on West Coast principles, a horizontal attack with a sh short to intermediate passing game, a lot of pre-snap motion, traditional under center looks, play action pass, shotgun, which is about 45% of the snaps, which is actually very low compared to other teams in the league, and a heavy outside zone run scheme, amongst other things. Now, this is a complicated system with, with all of its motions and moving parts, but it's also very quarterback friendly with a lot of easy throws. And Shanahan uses various run concepts, but is, it's very much reliant on the ability to execute the outside zone. And I've mentioned this on another show that when you're hitting the outside zone consistently, it helps open up the entire offense, especially through the uh, play action pass. And I think field would flourish within that system. Um, now, there are a lot of traditional under center looks in this offense compared to what fields is used to. And he hasn't spent a lot of time with his back to a defense and play action situations. But when he's been in those situations, he's, he's made the appropriate reads and looked really good doing it. I, I fully trust him in that part of the game, which will probably account for around, you know, 30 to 35% of the drop box under LeFleur. You know, you know, Fields has been criticized for holding onto the ball too long at times, but I believe this offense could elevate his game and he'll grow behind a system that thrives on quick timing routes a lot of which end up in between the numbers in the short to intermediate part of the field. And that area is some place is a place where fields has been very accurate and successful in. In fact, you know, I, I think a better question for fields is not whether or not he's a good fit, but what will this offense become with Justin Fields in it? Because I think he'll add elements that would lead to an evolution of the playbook. Um, if, if Jimmy Garoppolo can be successful in the system, just picture what someone like fields can do with that athleticism and deep wall accuracy, right? You know, let's take this for instance, both uh, Ohio State and the 49ers utilize, utilize the play action boot. But with Fields' versatility and ability to elude defenders, that play and, and just rollouts in general become even more dangerous. 
Um, and how about the zone read? You know, the 49ers don't run a lot of zone read, not because they don't want to, but because you need a mobile back to execute, uh, a mobile quarterback to execute that concept successfully. And Fields' skill set offers that availability. Plus, um, you know, Fields has thrived with an RPO-heavy approach in college. Now, that's not Shanahan's bread and butter, but he's incorporated more into his system lately, and that plays right into Fields' wheelhouse. Shanahan actually loves these uh, to run these double slants that work really well out of an RPO, and I could see that expanding with Lafleur and Fields under center. Not to mention the added element of the deep threat that Fields offers that was somewhat lacking with Jimmy G, and something that will work really well with these second and third level high-low concepts we've seen in this kind of offensive attack. And high-low and short, uh, for those that don't know, is pretty much isolating a defender with a route in front of him and one behind him and forcing him to choose between the two so he can exploit the other opportunity. So yeah, um, I'm pretty high on fields. Again, he's a versatile quarterback that can play in any offense. And I don't think it's fair to pigeonhole him in, a, in any particular system. And if the Jets draft him, I think LaFleur would have a bona fide dual threat weapon he could deploy in a much more diverse fashion than Jimmy Garoppolo or, or even Zach Wilson for that matter. James, Ryan Day's offense at Ohio State involves a lot of pro concepts that you don't really see at the college level. Do you think this better prepares Fields to be able to adapt to whatever offense that he would have to run in the, in the, at the pro level? Yeah, I 100% do. Um, I think one of the things that I identified early, I believe in the first episode actually, as a difference between Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields, is that Justin Fields is more scheme diverse. He does have reps under center. Um, in fact, a lot of their, it's, it's very predictable, uh, surprisingly, for such a good offense, but a lot of the time when he's under center, it's just a bootleg. Um, and so he does have experience with that. Um, I think one of the things that he's really good at is making the easy throws. He's really good at taking the layups and putting it incredibly accurate on the face mask or wherever the ball needs to be. So I could see him um, very successfully translating into a 49ers outside zone bootleg offense where he has to make a lot of those throws on the run that are like these short throws. Um, and he's very consistent in doing that. Um, and I think once we get into Wilson, I think that is a differentiating factor for me. Whereas Wilson has, I think, more erratic and inconsistent accuracy um, as a short thrower. I think Fields is very accurate. Um, and there really are no systematic problems with him throwing short, um, which I think is an important skill in this type of offense. So I do think Ryan Day's offense is good preparation for the NFL. And, you know, there's a lot of criticism about, you know, Fields not being as proficient as, as some people would like him to be and going through reads and that type of thing. But we did see growth over the course of the year. The Ohio State offense is significantly more difficult to master than, for example, the Clemson offense. Um, and I think Fields overall has shown you a skill set that projects favorably to this bootleg outside zone offense. Yeah, for Justin Fields, I've never seen so much criticism for a guy who went 20 and 2 as a starter and has like a 66 to 9 touchdown to interception ratio. In regards to Zach Wilson, everyone makes the link between him and the Kyle Shanahan offense. Everyone wants him to go to the 49ers to play in that Kyle Shanahan offense. He himself has talked about how he really sees himself in that offense. He also mentioned Joe Brady's offense. In regards to Mike LaFleur, this seems like the perfect match. The Jets Twitter is really hoping for But, Joe, I know you're not the biggest Wilson fan. So how do you really see him fitting in with the Jets offense, given their personnel and under Salah? Well, you know, I talked about this a couple of weeks ago in the Maria quarterback and coach segment we did. And I mentioned that anybody in the, in the Shanahan coaching tree would be a really good match for Zach Wilson. Uh, I recommended Mike McDaniel at that point for offensive co coordinator. 
a little sad it wasn't him, but Lafleur is a decent consolation prize, and hopefully, hopefully he's as good as his brother, right? You know, so what's up with Wilson? Why does he fit? Uh, in simple terms, it's his experience working in a very similar system. In fact, uh, just to reiterate from a previous show, again, uh, BYU deploys outside zone on over 50% of its runs. Uh, Wilson spent about 18% of his time under center and has the, uh, I believe, the fourth most under center play action dropbacks in college football. So he's more than familiar with dropping back, reading a defense and having his back to a defense as well. So this system would be a nice fit, primarily because he could hit the ground running. And the learning curve might not be as steep for him as it may be for Fields, right? Um, now, although he seemingly is more prepared than Fields to be part of the system, I, I don't think that should be, uh, will be, or should be the ultimate factor in the selection process. You have to take the quarterback you think has the highest ceiling, right? The guy you think is going to be the best down the road. And for me, that's still Justin Fields or, or even Trey Lance, who could potentially be a better fit than both Wilson and Fields in this offense, in my opinion. And although Wilson might be, and I'll underscore might be, the better fit right now for this offense, he's not the athlete Justin Fields is. And I think the offense could be more dynamic under Fields right from the start. Plus, the 49ers do like taking their shots down the field, but they love getting their guys yak opportunities in the short to intermediate area, which I mentioned earlier. And Wilson fans might not want to hear this, but his intermediate accuracy was charted at 43% this season. And I think James... uh, mentioned some of his less than desirable short passes too. So maybe not as perfect of of a fit as some people might think. Still, you know, listen, I I don't want to crap on Wilson. Um, If the Jets determine he's the guy, I'll get behind it 100%. He's a very exciting player to watch, but taking into account the athleticism and ceiling factor, I I have more reservations with him than Justin Fields, despite the fact that Wilson kind of grew up in this kind of system, right? Not to mention, not to mention Wilson's surgically prepared shoulder leaves me a little iffy on him as well. You know, what do you guys think? Uh, James, so in regards to Zach Wilson, we've seen the Kubiak-Shanahan offense. We've seen take average quarterbacks like Ryan Tannehill to, like, playing at a very high level. And when we've seen them get a transcendent quarterback like a Matt Ryan or an Aaron Rodgers, we've seen them win MVPs. Do you think Zach Wilson is that transcendent quarterback that has that ceiling? So that's a really good question. Um, I spent a lot of time yesterday um, and this week watching Zach Wilson. I watched every single play he made throughout the entire season, all three hours of it. And I'll talk about his fit in the Shanahan offense, and then I'll talk about him more generally. So the thing that was very stunning to me was he's a really, really good deep thrower, like really strong, by far the best I've watched, by far. But his short accuracy is embarrassing. And when I say accuracy, I don't mean throwing the ball to a receiver who catches the ball. I mean throwing the ball in the optimal place such that it allows the receiver to maintain their momentum or shields them away from contact. I mean, if you watch like Louisiana Tech, legitimately 67% or more of his throws are poorly placed. There's swing routes where he puts the ball on the receiver's back hip. There are drag routes where he does the same. Um, and it's like, sure, that works against these defenses that are very soft. They allow these massive holes in zones and you don't have Fred Warner closing in on the ball. But when you go to the NFL and you have these top tier coordinators coordinating against you and they're not playing these incredibly soft spot drop zones and you have really good athletes who are playing against you, those passes aren't going to fly. Some of them are going to be PBUs and some of them are going to be picks. So that said, that, that, that was pretty harsh, but I am optimistic that he can fix that. 
you know, I see the way he throws the ball down the field deep. He's so accurate throwing deep that, you know, I feel to some extent really knocking him for the short accuracy is kind of like tripping over um, dollars to save pennies. Like he, I think he can get that fixed. I'm not, um, I am, I do believe in him in that regard. Um, But for me with Wilson in this scheme, I think being able to execute throws, you know, they're like the layups is an important trait. Um, And he doesn't have that right now. And it's really just that coupled with um, him being less of a dynamic athlete and him having the injury history. Um, And the fact that really a lot of the throws aren't translatable to the NFL, you know, they're, they're massively open. Um, All it's the confluence of all those factors that gives me reservations about Wilson Um, But that said, you know, I do have more respect for him than I did previously. And I did um, bump my grade up a little bit um, from what would be the equivalent of like a quality first year starter to uh, a fringe um, career pro bowler. So it it was a significant bump, but um, I I still have my reservations. So Trey Lance is a quarterback that I don't think Jets Twitter is really behind taking it to because he is plays played at a you know NDSU which is not like the traditional D1 school I think he has he doesn't have 300 career passing attempts but Joe he was 18 19 for his last full year of school he's going to be 20 when he gets drafted how much better can he get and how good could he be in this system Listen, you know, I believe all three of these quarterbacks are good for the system, but maybe none more so than Trey Lance, you know, because as far as this offense goes, Lance is the, the perfect combination of Zach Wilson and Justin Fields. If you want a guy familiar with the system and has the ability to hurt a defense with his legs, well, in a nutshell, that's that's Trey Lance. You know, it seems like nobody wants to hear this, but Lance is a legitimate option for the Jets. And I'm sorry that Jets fans didn't get a chance to see him this year. I do understand the reservations having not seen him. I, I have them myself, but, but I have no doubt, and we've talked about this before, that he'd be in the mainstream conversation at pick two had he played. Um, I fully expect the Jets to give him a hard look, and they should because he has all the goods from a talent perspective. And after Lawrence, I fully believe that he may have the highest ceiling in this draft compared to the other quarterbacks. And, and let's not forget, you know, both of Joe Douglas's former employers drafted quarterbacks from small schools, right? The Ravens, Joe Flacco from Delaware, and the Eagles, Carson Wentz from, wouldn't you know it, North Dakota State. State. Um, I think Trey is uh, is more of an option than most fans want to admit to themselves. And I, I for one, wouldn't be upset at all if, if he was the guy. I'd love a scenario where they say traded the second pick for a nice haul to a team like the Falcons and they took Lance at pick four, sign a guy like Mariota for a year to be a stopgap and slowly work Lance in midseason. That's something I could really get behind. Um, you know, listen, Lance does have his flaws and some issues with, with short throws too, but, but this guy is legit. Uh, if you look at the way, what he did after one year of experience, it's really remarkable. And the film is really nice. You know, he displays good anticipation on his throws pro ready, pro ready mechanics and footwork. He does an excellent job of matching up his eyes with his feet. Um, deep threat with a strong arm, dual threat athlete. He can extend plays and throw on the run football IQ. Um, he knows how to manipulate defenders to open up a receiver and makes the right adjustments when the defense disguises coverages. Listen, this guy, this guy is just a really good football player and deserves a little more respect during this process, in my opinion. For listeners, you know, go check out some of his games. You know, if you want to see how he'll look in this offense, I think um, Delaware and the Western Illinois games are, are some, good, uh, some good watches. 
Yeah, when I watch Trey Lance, what impresses me the most is how sound his mechanics are for someone who isn't at that traditional powerhouse. And it's sad to say, after watching three years of Sam, seeing how his mechanics regressed, having Lance having that strong a base with given how little experience he is, is so impressive to me. James, I guess my one question for Lance for you is, do you think Lance is ready to play in year one, or do you think he needs to go the Pat Mahomes way where he has that veteran quarterback takes that full 16 years to sit and then is ready to go all guns blazing in 2022. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, uh, Just commenting briefly on what Joe said. Yeah, I I do think he is um, very mechanically sound. um, And that's probably because he's working with Quincy Avery and not Jordan Palmer. Um, But I also think Jets fans do need to get more comfortable with the notion of taking Trey Lance. I sent out a mock draft this week where at one point I was being ratioed with a ratio of one like to 21 comments where I took Lance at two. Um, And I knew it would trigger people, but I didn't expect it to trigger people to that extent. Um, But to get to your question, Meigs, um, the tough, really the question here is, are you willing to shorten the QB contract window for the sake of development. And um, for me, you know, it's tough because I think you could have production from Lance in the first year. Um, You know, I think it's also tough because he didn't really play a last year of college. He just had that one showcase game. Um, And so it's tough to kind of project what type of development we would have seen in that last season um, because obviously we didn't see it in that showcase game. It was, it was a rough game for him, especially in the beginning, but um, I, w- I would lean towards playing him in year one, um, you know, to the extent that you can create the system around him, that's going to be conducive to success, you know, work in some of those inside zone read options, um, you know, those power read options um, and make things really comfortable for him where he's done things before. Um, and it's very instinctual. Um, I think that would probably be the way to go. I would prefer not to sign a quarterback um, for cap reasons and then also just to try to maximize that contract window. In regards to Lance, I think a lot of people look at Josh Allen's first year and a lot of people like he was going to sit because of just for Wyoming, like no one really thought when we're looking at it, that he was ready. And a big difference, I think, between the Jets now and the Bills then is how much talent the Jets can put around him in year one based on what Josh Allen had to deal with in year one. And I really think that at the end of year one with Lance, that he could really be something. Now the quarterback that has been in the headlines recently is Sam Darnold. And we've seen the reports that Robert Sala and Rich Domini and Rich Domini said that they think he has untapped potential and they think he's going to, they're going to trade out of two. Joe, do you think that's where they ultimately go? And do you think Sam could have more success in his rookie than he did in his rookie year under Jeremy Bates, which is that Shanahan disciple? Um, you know, I don't, I don't really know what's going to happen with Sam, but, but I'll, I'll be surprised if he's retained, you know, almost shocked really. Um, I think he's a decent fit for this set, this system. I mean, he's not very accurate in the short to intermediate area. So I'm not sure if he's a great fit, but I think with the right coaching, he can be successful and LaFleur and Sam are, are an intriguing pair, but there's a lot of risk there, especially when you have a top two pick. Now, Joe Douglas needs to ask himself. Who's the best quarterback of the four, you know, Fields, Lance, Wilson, or Sam, and pick that guy. If he thinks Sam is the best quarterback, then I I think he should keep him. Ideally, you want to build on a rookie contract, and that's another enticing appeal to drafting a rookie quarterback. But if you think Sam is the best quarterback of the bunch, then he's the person you have to keep. You don't get rid of your favorite quarterback 
for the sake of building on a rookie contract. I don't think that's good business practice. For me, though, it's, it's easy. Fields is my guy, and he's a quarterback I choose. After that, I have Lance, Wilson, and then Sam. I'm not sure how the Jets' board is going to look, and I don't think uh, they know right now either. But I suspect it could look pretty similar to that. So I think Sam's, I think, I think Sam's time in New York is coming to an end for sure. James, in regards to Sam, I think the thing that no one talks about enough is the fact that if they do pass on him, if they ask on taking a quarterback and they trade back, they have to decide if they want to give him a $25 million fifth-year option in May. Is there any scenario where you would even be comfortable doing that, even given, given how highly we think some people think of Michael Clark? No, absolutely not. I mean, I, I think that's a predictable response, given how I've spoken about Sam on this pod. But um, I also appreciate you highlighting the contract situation, because that is often the part of player decisions that gets overlooked. People like to talk about players in a bubble, just looking at how they are as a player. You know, this happened when people were talking about Jameson Crowder. It happens with a whole host of other players where we just focus on, you know, is this a good player? Is this somebody that we want to have on the team? When the contract situation is one of the main reasons for moving on from Sam, that coupled with the fact that we have this top pick in a really good quarterback class. Um, I would not feel comfortable paying Sam under any circumstances. I think that there are a number of teams that are ideal fits for Sam just because they don't have the draft capital to get a quarterback with that much talent and that much perceived upside. Um, And so they need to resort to trading for a player like Sam or maybe even a player like Carson Wentz. Um, But that's not the Jets. The Jets have this incredible opportunity to reset the quarterback contract window and to draft a really good prospect. Prospects who have either shown a lot of promise and talent or have a lot of production at the highest levels of college football. Like this is a really unique opportunity, especially in a year where like the season didn't even matter. So like we should be grabbing hold of this and saying, thank you, thank you, thank you from, you know, with, to this opportunity. Um, and, to, and so that, those are my thoughts on, uh, on moving on from Sam. Yeah, I just want to add that as far as the option goes, I think that there's almost no chance that the even if they keep him, that the Jets give him that option because under the new CBA, um, that contract now is fully guaranteed once it's exercised, starting with the uh, 2018 class. So if the Jets do keep him, I'm pretty sure it's going to be on a, you know, let's see what you could do this year type of thing. Yeah, my only – I get nervous about that because when you look at the Bears, what they did, they didn't pick up Trubisky's option, and then he go, he gets in that quarterback-friendly system. He looks good, and then we're having the conversation. Do we franchise tag Sam Darnold? Do we sign him to a long contract? And that is just a scary thought for me. In regards to the Jets, my entire life, they've never had the GM, the head coach, and the quarterback all – correct and i've always had 100 confidence in all three of them and with this draft i love all these quarterbacks that we can finally have that answer and i just don't see how you pass on them it really if that happens you really have to i mean the first time i really questioned joe douglas but thank you guys for joining us again for toj's digital's draft season please subscribe please subscribe to badlands joe caparoso and joe connor rogers do a great job breaking down the jets on patreon